Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. So I have a little story to start today off with, and it's not really a story. It's just a thing that I needed to mention. Um, I was going back through my Twitter, cough, cough, follow me at Alanazun, and I found a tweet from last year and it said, my brother, like my brother said, my brother, don't worry, there are plenty of fish in the sea. Me. Yeah, but I'm looking for a really fresh Toro. And somebody replied, we're all just holding out for our fatty tuna. And it's like funny. It made me laugh. But I I think it really goes to show it's like, yes, there are so many fish in the sea. There's always going to be people to date. And eventually, like, you will find your person. But, like, think about the fact of, like, what you're actually looking for, you know, when you're not just looking for a fish. You're not just looking for any person. I know in the episode with my best friend Sarah Sassone, And I, she mentioned that, or we both mentioned how we always say, like, if we really, in our like singlest moments, if we really wanted a boyfriend, we could get a boyfriend, you know, it's like, you could always end up finding somebody to date, but they're not going to be the person that you're looking for, the person that's going to fulfill you, that's going to make you like excited to wake up next to every day and stuff. Cause like, for me, I wasn't just looking for a boyfriend. I'm like, I was looking for my really fresh Toro. And I think it's really just important and means a lot to like, think about what you're really looking for and know that it will be worth it when you find it. Cause it's not just going to be any other person. It's going to be your person. It's going to be the person that you've been looking for and that you've been waiting to find and the person that really fits with you. So keep that in mind as you continue your dating search, as you go in and out of relationships and on and off of dating apps and on and off dates, go find your really fresh Toro. Go find it. And if you don't eat fish, then go find your amazing ripe tomato, whatever it may be, your perfect avocado. I I believe in you. Anyways, I'm super excited for today's episode. We have Dr. Abby Medcalf. She's a best-selling author of the book, Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. She has a podcast called Relationship Made Easy. She's a psychologist and just literally brilliant and an absolute gem of a human. I'm so excited. Before I bring her in, a reminder to send this episode to a friend, send any other episode of Seeing Other People to a friend that might benefit from hearing it. Don't forget to be following us um, on Instagram, TikTok, at Seeing Other People, me at Alana Dunn, and five-star rating review. We have merch that we sell. We have the Patreon, do bonus episodes there, and profile revamps, and happy hours on Zoom and stuff, and all that great stuff. So please, please, please head to... Instagrams at seeing other people and click on the link in the bio to access all of those other places. And yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you again for listening. And let's bring Abby in. 
And we are here with Abby. Abby, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to officially welcome you to the Seeing Other People family. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited too. We're, we were joking before that we're both yeah. fangirling, so it's going to be great. Amazing. Yeah, I really don't know who's more excited to be here right now. <laughs> um, but why don't you introduce yourself in your own words to the Seeing Other People listeners? Sure. Um, yeah, Abby Metcalf. I'm a psychologist. I have a podcast called Relationships Made Easy, which is um, really all about the research and working with people directly. And then I, you know, have that. Uh, and we're going into our, we just started our fourth season. And uh, yeah, we're in 136 countries and it's really great and big and wonderful. And uh, I'm a Amazon number one best-selling author. I have a book called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if you're not married, it's good. If you're in a relationship or want to be, it's a great book to read. And it's on audio, you know, Audible and Kindle and all the things. And then I see people and really, I just call myself a relationship maven. I, I love, love, love relationships. It's my, it's my jam. I love talking about them. I love everything about it. So there you go. I'm right there with you. We're, we're one in the same in yeah. that factor. Um, first question, is there really a way for relationships to be made easy? Yes. <laughs> Mind blown. I know. I know. It's really getting yourself pointed in the right direction. And, you know, a lot of people are motivated to take action in relationships because it's, it's a negative motivation. And instead, I want you to take action from inspiration. And when you start doing that. that, when you start going towards what you want, as opposed to trying to avoid what you don't want, <clears throat> or being afraid and being fear-based in your relationship, when you stop that and shift it, it's amazing. Everything turns, everything turns. You know, hearing you say that, it does feel a little bit like what I've gone through over the last few years from being so afraid and, and having these really toxic and negative experiences impact the way everything happened, but then also taking the time to like learn who I am and what I want and stuff. And now it's like, I am in this really great and like healthy and happy relationship. And I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't understand. Like I just, in the, it's like been six months and every day I'm like, okay, like when is it going to go wrong? Like mm -hmm. when is the bad stuff coming? Because it just has been like made easy, but I yeah. think like, there were, it, it, but it wasn't easy getting there. Right. Well, it's, you know, I always, joke that relationships are like, if you've ever painted a room, if you've ever painted a room, it looks like it'd be so fun to paint. I'm always like, Oh, I want to paint. And then <laughs> when you go to do it, it's all prep work, like mm -hmm. all of it. But if you do the prep work, right, if you tape everything off in the corners and you cover your furniture and you tape off the carpeting and you, you know, you do all the right things. It's incredible how quickly the painting goes and how beautiful and professional it looks. And it's a, pathetic, weird little metaphor, but there you go. It's really the same with this. When you really get ready, when you really come from love consistently, when you have faith in love, instead of having faith and fear, you know, mm -hmm. waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the bad thing, because we have it in our heads. We'll protect ourselves so much that we actually shut ourselves off from really the thing we want. And that's what yeah. I'm here to help people change today. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So what Abby is here to talk about is I think one of the most important things that we're going to talk about, I think so far in seeing other people, and that's not allowing past relationships to affect your current or potential relationships. And I know, obviously, everyone listening knows that that's something that I've struggled with in terms of my past relationships impacting me 
for a really long time with How I Date. And I know a lot of you guys listening have written into me, DM'd me, all that about toxic situations you've had in the past or heartbreak or even things like emotional or physical abuse. And of course, that sticks with you. Of course, you can't just like snap your fingers and have all of those terrible thoughts and feelings disappear. But we do ultimately have to find ways to work through it and to get past it. And so I'm really excited for Abby to walk us through the steps of doing that. So why don't you start by just taking me through, I guess, also like the research you've done and and the work you've done to learn about this, and then we can go into actually how to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this now 30, a little over 35 years. I keep having up that number because I get older and older. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, I don't want anyone to ever take advice from someone who says, oh, my relationship is so great. So here's what you should do because it worked for me. Mm -hmm. And what I've, so I do have a great relationship and have past great relationships. And it's because I learn from my clients, not the other way around. So I'm a big research junkie. I'm crazy with the research. I'm always doing it. I read a book a week. I've read a book a week for about 18 years. So I am okay. Like, that is so impressive because right now I'm trying, I'm pick, I picked up my first book. I actually read a book during quarantine because a guy that I was talking to was like, let's read a book together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll read for a boy. Uh-huh. Um, but not, then nothing happened after that because, you know, things didn't work out. So I stopped yeah. reading. And then I was like, well, I can't read a book because it makes me think of him. Um, <laughs> but now I'm actually, I'm reading a book. I'm like halfway through it. And I'm like, I love reading. Yeah. And I wish I, I want to be one of those people. Like I want, right now my challenge is to read a book a month. That's good so we'll though. See. You know how I start, I mean, I just, I set a timer for 15 minutes a day and I read for 15 minutes in the morning. That's what I do. Wow. I love that. I don't spend out, you know, you just, and when you read that much, you get better and better at reading and skimming the Mm -hmm. parts you don't need. And you know, people add all the fluff in the book, Yeah. you know, all the reasons you should read it, you know, how great they Mm -hmm. are. And you're thinking, I already bought it. I don't need to read all this. I don't want to hear yep. the, inf- you know, the intro chapter about what I'm going to learn. I, I just, just, just teach it to me. And so <laughs> yeah. I have, and by the way, my book is not like that because purposely uh, my editors were like, you got to add this. I'm like, nope, it's going to be so like just to the point. Cause I hate reading those books, but either way, you know, you get good at skimming through the BS that you don't need mm-hmm. and getting to the good stuff. So I combined this research with, and I've worked with people in every walk of life you can imagine in multiple countries. And so I put all that together and I'm always growing and changing, but I do track my clients and their success. And so I can really see what works and what doesn't, I mean, over time. And then I've applied it in my own life and it's like, oh, this really works. (laughs) You almost don't want it to work. You want the like, sitting on your ass eating Oreos to work, you know, just like doing nothing. That's what I want to work. That's my dream. I know. I always, I always make like funny, I'll make like funny tweets or memes where it's like, I'm just going to one day like be sitting on my, like in my pajamas for the 27th hour eating popcorn and Oreos. And that's when my soulmate is going to knock on my door. And And now we're in love. Yeah, exactly. And it just, that's not it, but It doesn't also, it's really about, I mean, what I'm going to teach today, it's really, when you get your head in the right place, the rest of it really does follow pretty easily. Um, So it's, I always say it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. But once you start doing it and paying attention to it, it gets easier and easier, like anything. It's, it's, 
all of relationships are a skill set. And when you practice the skills, like any other skill, like playing tennis or anything else, you get better and better the more you practice. End of story. Yeah, it's just so hard. And like, I don't mean to say that in in an obvious, like stupid way, but it just is so hard because I think things like tennis or a sport or something with works or school, it's like, it it might not actually impact how you feel and your ability to like get out of bed every day. And I know like for me in particular, like I, all of my like anxiety and any depression I've faced in the past, like that all has stemmed from my dating experiences. Mm -hmm. So as much as sometimes it's like about practice, like it's just so hard because it really does affect you and like your ability to show up as yourself every day. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. yeah. And that's again, part of what we're going to learn today so that you don't go there because what's interesting is that we, we feel like having that great relationship is going to make us happy, right? We're lonely or we're whatever. And if I just had this, then I'd be happy. And what we know from the research, uh, Sean Acor, famous Harvard researcher showed this. Yeah. It's the other way around. Mm -hmm. Happy people, yep. people who are already feeling content, find great relationships. And you, I'm yeah. sure, found that yourself, right? I found it mm-hmm. in my life. It's the truth of it. And so, yeah. but, so that's who really who I'm going to talk to today. It's like, how do you get from point A to point B? You know, how do you mm-hmm. become happier in your day to day? So that's, yeah, let's, we're going to go there. Let's do it. So I'm going to say this first. Here's the deal first. So really what you need to do is align your conscious and your unconscious mind, your subconscious minds. And I'm going to take you through a little three-step process, but that's sort of the overall theme. Mm -hmm. And our, so our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second, but our unconscious or subconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So I want you to really hear Mm -hmm. that. That's the researcher, Timothy Wilson, great book, Strangers to Ourselves. Uh, so get that. So people don't hear what you say, they hear what you mean. So I think maybe me a straight female, right? I'm like, oh, men suck. I can't seem to find the kind of relationship. There's something wrong with me. I always screw it up. Um, I can't find the kind of guy I want to be with sounding familiar, any of these right kind of thought processes. So that's con. So I'm thinking that, but then I go, okay, Oh, I can't think that way. I'm going to go out. Oh, I met this guy online. He's really, Oh, he seems so nice. He seems really different. This is great. I'm really excited about this date. I have shaved my legs. I've done all the things I'm going out. Okay. So now, so consciously I'm going, okay, this guy seems really good. This could be something. He seems really nice. We've texted a few times. feels good. But subconsciously I'm doubting. Will this really happen for me? It, all the good ones are taken, all that crap, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've made changes before, but they never seem to stick. You know, I get in these relationships, they always seem good in the beginning, and then they seem to be the same guy over and over. That's what I'm subconsciously thinking. So, and I know I was not reading your mind, or I was not a fly in anyone's <laughs> wall, whatever. I mean, again, 35 years of listening to people, this is what they say. Everyone says the same things. So yeah. I go meet this guy. And consciously, I'm being very lovely, and I'm out there, and I'm doing my thing. But guess what? Subconsciously, I'm thinking these other thoughts, right. realizing it or not. Or I might even realize it sometimes and tell myself, oh, don't think that way. And then I, <laughs> I go to the other. And what happens is he is picking up on that. He's picking up on my doubt. He's picking up on the incongruity 
right? Mm -hmm. Well, she's acting this way, but she's kind of, you know, and everyone has had this. You have met someone who was saying the right things to you and you thought they were full of crap. You you know how this feels already. Without a doubt. And you know, you're not trusting them. You're not, you're not feeling it. Even again, sometimes later you realize it and you go, oh yeah, I knew I didn't, something was off with that person. I I didn't realize it in the moment, but I kind of knew it now. That's Mm -hmm. what's happening when you're talking to this guy. So he is getting, so again, and then he acts kind of funny and shady because he's waiting on you because you're seeming shady somehow. And then you're, you're back to the self-fulfilling prophecy. We also call it in psychology, the confirmation bias Mm -hmm. of that. We prove what we believe. So now I go, Oh, I knew it. You know, look, he's a little shady. He's a little, this he's ghosting, whatever he's breadcrumbing, whatever I think he's doing or wherever I think it's showing up. And here we go. And then I'm proving myself right. And I'm back in that. Yeah. So and then you, again, it's like, nobody wants to be with me. I'm never going to find anyone. I'm always going to be alone. Every, every people love everyone else, but not me. Yep. 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 Q, Q, big bag of Oreos and, <laughs> and you know, pajamas and a lot of Netflix. So yep. this is what has to shift and change, right? So th- this is what we're shifting and changing. And you can, by the way, again, it's attention and intention, but you can change it. So mm-hmm. I kind of have this little like three-step process I bring people through to do that but I just want to give you the umbrella of what we're doing. So, and the very first thing is you got to get step one (laughs) is you have to understand that wherever you ended your last relationship is where you're going to begin your next one. So it is very, very important that you get closure for yourself. You're not going to get it from him. I'm just going to speak like a heterosexual female for the sakes of this. You're not going to get it from him. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't like, well, I'm going to call him. Or I'm going to text him. I'm going to find out why he really didn't ghost to me. I need to know. Or he said this, but now I'm not sure. Maybe he meant that. You know, we are like NASA scientists trying to bring the space shuttle home. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? We are like, you know, like uncovering. We're, we're deep in their social media. We are deep in every, oh, he posted this thing. I know that was directed at me. I think he's actually trying to say something. I It's I don't even know what to say, right? We, it's, <laughs> it's crazy town. Yep. And this is about you, not him. This is about you pulling back and realizing that all these feelings you have, all this stuff that's left out, mm-hmm. and especially if you're pissed or blaming him or anything else, you're going to be screwed going into your next relationship because there's that 50 versus 11 million bits again. And you're going to just drag some of that in with you. So, and he's going to pick up on it. And then again, we're going to have that cycle we talked about. So you figuring out, and I'm going to talk about how to get that closure too, but, but you figuring out how to end well, what did I learn from this relationship? You know, how to be better, not bitter, right? Better, not bitter. That's always the way. So uh, all day long, right? It, how do I, how do I, what did I learn How do I shift from that? What if I believe that life was happening for me, not to me? What what would I think about what just happened with this guy? What's my responsibility? What do I bring to the table that I can change? And where's my compassion for myself? There's things, sometimes it's just not a good match. You know, it's, I don't have to change everything for someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I want to look at places I wasn't my best self and I want to shift that. You know, how do I really find compassion for myself and this guy?
And of course, seeing other people is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. So, you know, speaking of that one thing concept, if you ever are really like fixating on that one thing and you need to just step out of your mind for a bit and, and not be so focused on it, try a Mindset Wellness CBD Calm Gummy or a Happy Gummy or a rest gummy if it's keeping you up at night. And I promise it'll just ease your mind a little bit. You'll feel great. If you've never tried CBD, it does not get you high or anything like that. It just makes you feel more in the mindset you want to be in, which is why they call it mindset wellness, because you get to choose your mindset. So head to mindsetwellness.com and fill up your cart with the calm gummies, with the happy gummies, with the health gummies, beauty gummies, the focus gummies, all the gummies. Fill your cart up with all the gummies or the new multi- mindset gummy pack and use code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. Why is finding compassion for ourselves the hardest thing to do? We can be, we can have so much compassion, so much empathy, sympathy, like understanding for anyone else. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like truly one of the hardest things. Yep. It, it really is. Um, (laughs) it's why there's books written on it. I mean, it is, it is a lot of it there's a lot of things. One is obviously our socialization as women, right? Where we are taught that things are our, that we are meant to take care of other people, that that is our job. We are socialized. I had a real progressive mother too. I have to tell you, my mom worked and this is many years ago when women weren't always working. My mom was like a civil rights person. Like she was out there and yet still right? She worked more than my dad at home. You know, it just was how it is. And women are still doing that. So (laughs) it's so crazy. If you think about in my lifetime, women couldn't have credit cards. Yeah. So when I was, you know, when I was coming up, women couldn't have credit cards without having a man sign off on that. Like in my lifetime, and I'm I'm in my late fifties, I'm not a hundred, you know, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Uh, I was the, you know, one of the first graduating classes at Columbia with women. Wow. There was no women going to these Ivy League schools before. I mean, I need you to really get how close we are to a time. Mm -hmm. We were still there. And so as women, we get so many messages all the time to take care of other people, that that's our worth, that's our job. So it's really about their feelings, not our feelings. And having feelings for yourself means that you're selfish, (laughs) that you are self-absorbed, that you are a princess, a diva. We get called all kinds of lovely things when we think of ourselves. And I've been called, you know, the ice queen, all kinds of good stuff at different jobs and things. You know, if I say what I believe or what I think, and, and that's the nicest of the terms. And that doesn't happen. I'm just telling you, I work with men mostly actually, and a lot of the corporate stuff I do and men just don't operate this way. They say what they want all the time. They say what they think all the time. They, I, I mean, obviously there's men outside that curve, but I got to tell you, yeah, it's very rare. So that's one thing we have, don't have a lot of compassion for ourselves. And this other piece is that there's a lot of internalized shame so that we somehow feel we deserve it if we're not perfect enough. And that comes from all over. You know, I mean, those messages come from everywhere. It's not just our physical appearance. Again, it's like how we act and how we are and are we this way and are we whatever. And shame is what's at the corner of so much of that. This, again, internalized shame. There's something wrong with me. I deserve this somehow. Um, Men are, you know, I'm doing something. This is why we become NASA scientists when we're, you know, deconstructing things because we feel like if I had a 
a half a penny for every woman that said to me, oh, if I just hadn't said this, then he wouldn't have bro- then we wouldn't have broken up. If I just mm-hmm. hadn't done that one thing, if I just gone on that vacation, like he asked, if I had just, whenever I hear just, I want to scream and like run naked <laughs> through the woods. It's nobody wants to see that, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. crazy. It's like, you have to, st- we have to stop. We have to stop. It's never one thing. And if it was, that is so not your guy anyway, because yeah, you absolutely. deserve to have room. You deserve to have grace. You deserve to have space. We, we all do. But that compassion, sorry, I was on a soapbox for a minute. I get so crazy because it, it just, it's really, you know, it's killing us. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad you said what you just said about like, it's never that one thing because we always do put so much weight on like, oh, like even in, in the simplest of situations where you sent like a double text or you texted back too soon. It's like, no, like if only I had like waited, like my friend told me to like, no, the text is not going to change the way this person feels about you. There's no chance. Like, no, absolutely not. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'd like to get married today. in that second text, (laughs) I have to tell you, I, you are fine. I'm so with you a thousand percent that it's never one thing ever. And if you really want to even think that, which I hope you don't, then next time learn from it yeah. and say to yourself, wow, maybe I, I'll be more mindful with my texting. <laughs> I'll be more yeah. thoughtful, but it's not the one. I have one question in terms of like finding closure within and, and creating that for yourself. What about if you're in a situation where like somebody cheated on you or something really mm-hmm. traumatic happened? How do you make sense of that and say like, this isn't my fault, like, you know, because because we do end up blaming ourselves or like, oh, I should have seen the signs. I should have been able to get myself out of this bad situation. But like sometimes it's like, I don't know why this person cheated on me. Like, why did I deserve that? Or why did I deserve to be like for this thing to happen, for that thing to happen? So when something like that occurs, what it, what do you suggest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Well, first of all, to know that it's impossible to have a relationship without stuff, without stuff you don't want. It's going to happen. So, Mm. and no one deserves, deserves any kind of bad behavior, but, and I use the, there's an acronym I use that uh, I'll teach right now that if you're acting this way, or if you're getting it put on you, then, Mm -hmm. then you're in an unhealthy frame of mind. And that I call it, we, we say verb. So if you're acting like a victim, or if you're thinking someone else, if someone who's talking to you is acting like they're the victim, well, I, I, you know, you weren't having sex with me. And so what was I supposed to do? You know, any of that crap, or just that you feel like a victim. Oh, this thing happened to me and, you know, I can't do anything right. And, and men just treat me this way. If you're acting entitled, like people are supposed to treat you a certain way. Or again, if, if he, again, I'm going to do the heterosexual thing. You know, if he's acting that way, like, you know, entitled to sex or entitled, you know, you didn't come out with me. I go to parties all the time alone because you refuse to mm-hmm. come out. So, Hey, things happen or whatever. Reading minds. <laughs> you cannot read his mind and he can't read yours. I know what he's going to say. So I'm not going to say it. Uh, uh, he should know what I want for my birthday. He doesn't love me because he, you know, didn't get me the thing or he, he, he knew what he, what I would feel when he did that. He knew, he Mm -hmm. knew that how that would affect me. Any of that is crap and you can't read anyone's mind and they can't read yours. And the B is blame. If you're blaming yourself or if they're blaming you, or if you're blaming them, 
then you're screwed. So mm -hmm. I use verb all the time to let people know you are absolutely in a fear-based mindset. You are absolutely in a space where no good is going to come of it. And you, you're going to need to shift out of that. So any of the things you just said, right, you can see how they would fall into the V-E-R yes. or the B, right? And so that's how we really, for me, it's so easy when I notice that kind of language or it coming at me or me doing it, I can immediately mm -hmm. stop myself and go, whoops, not helpful. This is not getting me right. anywhere. This isn't taking responsibility. This isn't... Uh, understanding I co-create every relationship I am in. So I do have responsibility and it never means that you're to blame. I want to be very clear people. I don't care if you haven't had sex with him for a year, if he stayed mm -hmm. with you and he chose to, and the agreement in your relationship was no, you know, sex outside the relationship, then that's that <laughs> there's, there's no excuse for it or not excuse for it. Right. So but it's really understanding. So I'm not to blame, but either is he, like we're not gonna get into the blame game. This mm -hmm. is a situation where this was not matching. Again, what did I learn? What yeah. what can I take away from this? Not I should have known. You can't avoid pain, pain's gonna happen. If you're in your fifth relationship and you're getting cheated on, then again, for the fifth time, then I'm gonna say, okay, hard stop, hard yeah. stop, <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Therapy, what are you doing? Where are yeah. you out there? Who are you talking to? I also will have someone who maybe is always fine. I have a woman I'm working with right now. She's only dated guys from work. And guess, mm. and she works in an industry where there's a lot of jerks. I'm like, you yep. have to stop dating at work. Like you have to stop. And she's been cheated on over and over. I'm like, stop. It's the same guy because you're in the same pool. That was my so, thing. I had, I had only dated guys who worked in the music industry and uh, it was the same shit every time. And I, I needed to get out of that yep. in order to meet somebody who was not going to be exactly yep. the same. Right. That's kind of, and so that you could not be exactly the same in the situation, right? You're not going to yep. get the same triggers, good or bad. You know, you get to be a different person. Now you get to really be thoughtful in a new way. You get to be mindful in another way. So yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. Well, next one. Okay. So that's that first piece, all of that, to really get closure for yourself. It doesn't mean, by the way, that you never think of him again or, you know, it, and there's levels of grief, you know, don't get me wrong, but in general, that you can come back to some thought over and over that doesn't put you at blame or him or, you know what I mean? That gets you to a place where you're like, you know what? I am moving on. I learned a lot. I, it sucked some of it that I learned. I wish I didn't have to, but I did. <laughs> Here I am. Yep. And now yep. I'm going to do this next thing. Right. So, Absolutely. cause I want to say that too, this isn't about like some Pollyanna, like, Oh, so great. I'm so glad he cheated. You know, that's BS. Like, of course not. Of course not. It's just making peace for yourself with it where no one's to blame. Yeah. Okay. Where there's no verb. The, and that second piece really, and this is at the heart of, I think pretty much everything I teach is uh, being mindful because that unconscious drive, you know, that those things we don't even know we believe <laughs> or we forgot that we believed that keep coming up in a relationship. If you are not in your moments, you will not notice that you're reacting to them. You will, you, and everyone's had this hours after a conversation, you go, oh, I should have said this, this, and this, or, oh, mm -hmm. why did I say that? Or what was I thinking? You're like face palming. 
that is because you were not mindful. You weren't in the moment. You weren't sitting there. Like right before we, a uh, great example, right now, before we met today, today to do mm -hmm. this, I jumped up and down in my office. <laughs> I, I jumped up and down, got my energy up and I set an intention. I was really like, okay, I want to really be of service. I want to make sure every single person who listens walks away going, there's something I can do right now. Like there's some piece I can grab. I got that. Like that feels really good. And it's They're going to feel better. That's right. And I already mm -hmm. knew I liked you, but I was like, oh, I can't wait to meet her. I was really excited. You know, I was right there. And that I think comes through as I sit here and talk and I'm continually aware of what I'm saying. I'm listening to you. I'm stopping. What is she saying? What am I saying back? That's called being my right. It is being completely in the moment, not daydreaming, not somewhere else but right here, right now, so that I can react to what you're saying in a conscious, cogent, clear way. How do you get into the habit of that? Like what's mm -hmm. like practicing mindfulness for beginners? Because even yeah. me, I know like I, this is something I do think I struggle with, with like trying to really like, I'll go, I've gone to a yoga class before and they're like, okay, set your intention. Like I offer you mine if you don't know what yours is. And I'm like, I'm like, what does this even mean? Like my intention is I got, I, I showed up to this class. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, right. so it's, I feel like I'm not very good at that in a, in a sense. So like how mindfulness yeah. for beginners, what do you recommend? Yeah, let me, I'm so there. I'm so, I'm so here <laughs> for this. So first of all, let me just say this. I do have, which I hadn't thought about, but there's a free mindfulness starter kit on my website. So anybody hey, later can go get it. that. But let me say, I will be easy, doing that. <laughs> good. Here's the easiest, quickest thing to do. You ready? For one week, set uh, reminders on your phone for three times a day. Whatever times you want 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m. Doesn't matter. When that goes off, stop whatever you're doing. And I've been online at the grocery store. It's really cute. And so alarm goes off. Sometimes people have said, oh, are you late for something? I'm like, no, I'm setting a mindfulness <laughs> thing. And they're like, what? You know, I have cute little conversations sometimes. But all you're going to do is this. You're going to see where your mind was. And trust me, it's almost never on what you're doing. You're going to bring it back to the present without judgment. Don't beat up on yourself. This isn't about that. This is the love. And oh, just, that's what without judgment means. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I feel like an idiot. Right like, now. what's wrong with me? How come I can't just yeah. wash my hair? Why? Why? What's wrong with me? Why do I keep daydreaming? It's like, nope, nope, nope. We're not doing that. Just bring your mind. Like, oh, I was way out there, wasn't I? Wow, I was future tripping on that one. Okay, I was yeah. real far gone. All right, and then you know, little joke. Bring yourself back really quietly, really calmly, and just be in the moment and check in with how you feel whatever that is. And again, identifying our feelings is a skill. It mm. is, trust me, mo most, we don't learn this. And there's a lot of feelings. It's more than mad, glad, angry, sad. You could feel, you know, overwhelmed. You could feel hungry too. I mean, who knows in a moment, right? You might notice yeah. that you're feeling a little anxious or for me, I always, almost always notice I'm feeling impatient. I'm very impatient in my world. I get, and then I become a control freak. So for me, right? If I can dial that back consistently, I can notice and then not act like a control freak, right? That's mm -hmm. what you're doing there. And here's yeah. what happens. Your brain is neuroplastic. And I guarantee this for everybody who does it. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen because it happens for everybody. If you do this for a week, your brain will, st it'll be uh, 11 in the morning. And all of a sudden you'll notice yourself. You'll be like, Oh, Hey, 
I just know, oh, where am I? Oh, I was daydreaming in this meeting. I wasn't listening to this guy or whatever. You will, and because your brain is neuroplastic and it's very attached to what you're thinking about a lot. That's its mm -hmm. thing. It wants frequency and recency. So when you first start to set intention, for example, or, or do this, if you don't have the reminders on your phone, if you just say to yourself, oh, I'm going to do it, your brain mm -hmm. doesn't pay any attention to it because you haven't done it much. You haven't done it much. Right. So it doesn't, it's like, oh, I can ignore that. I have to focus on the things that are important, like what my ex is doing right now, because that I think about a lot. So let me get the important on, things, right? That well, that's what it thinks. It thinks that what you yeah. think about a lot is what's important. So it'll be like, oh, we should get on social media right now. We should go check out what he's doing. We should see. Gotta check the Instagram have, story on my Life Three Sixty app. I can see everywhere he is, or in vicinity, or neighbors, or one of the yep. apps. I mean, that's what we do. That's why that keeps coming up. So, but as we replace that behavior with something else, that gets replaced. That's the good news. But. You really, so you're gonna, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And that's what starts to happen. It starts to become a habit. So I'm always like in it now, like even when I don't want to be, but so if I'm talking to someone and I'm noticing again, if I can, or my, you know, if you're talking to your parent or your sibling, it, it works everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you might be having a conversation with your mom and notice like, oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. Oh, she's talking about my hair again. Oh, and how, <laughs> oh, is that how you're wearing your hair now? Oh, that's great. Oh, you know, I'm so glad you don't care how you look when you leave the house. That's great. <laughs> it's such a good thing, right? And you're noticing oh yourself getting like, oh, like, caught uh, up in it. Mm -hmm. That's when you can kind of notice and you'll stop and you'll say, oh, I'm getting a little uptight here. Okay, that's my mm -hmm. mom. That's her stuff. It doesn't have to be my stuff. I can just love her for who she is, or I'm going to leave now because <laughs> I can't love her for mm -hmm. who she is in this moment or whatever you need. But that's what that does. There's a really great research by uh, Matt Killingsworth. He's got a great TED Talk if anybody wants to go look. But his research, which is very robust, shows that our minds wander like about 50% of the time, it's like 48% of the time. So about, about half the time that you're doing something, you're not thinking about what you're doing. Okay. Wow. You're not thinking about it. And that goes to a high of almost 70% when you're doing rote things like folding the laundry or, you know, things you do all the time. And it goes to a low of about 10% when you're having sex. So when you think of that, so here's what happens. So, uh, and here, this is a perfect. So my, my partner, I, I told, so I was supposed to call the plumber, long story, but I'll just say it really quick. I was supposed to call the plumber because we needed a plumber. He doesn't like my hubby. He doesn't like Gary because, you know, Gary's like big and scary. So he likes yep. me, right? I flirt with him. It's very beautiful. So Gary says, hey, will you call the plumber? You know, because this has to get done. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I said this totally conscious. I was not drunk, nothing. I said, yes, I will do that. I will call the plumber. Two weeks go by. I'm in the shower. I'm about to leave on, uh, I have to go fly places. And so I'm thinking of, right, what am I thinking of in the shower? I'm not thinking how good the water feels in my hair. I'm not thinking about all the, all how great it is to be home. I'm thinking about, is the driver going to get here on time? What have I packed in the bags? Do the kids have everything they need? I'm doing that. I'm tripping. Mm -hmm. Gary yep. comes in, he goes, Hey babe, very nicely. Did you call the plumber? <laughs> everyone's been You're here. Like what? Everyone's, everyone's been here. There's only two answers to that question. Yes or no. Did I give him either answer? No. Nope. Nope. I listed all the things. Well, you know, 
Well, I've had a lot to do and I've had a lot to think about and I did all the stuff for the kids and I did this, 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 and this, and I was cooking meals. So you'd have something warm to eat when I was gone and I did it and I'm listing, right? All the things. So I noticed that (laughs) it got very quiet in the bathroom. So I like peeked out and I realized he, I was alone. (laughs) So he had left because he's a smart, smart man. (laughs) And then I immediately realized my, I was like, oh. I'm such an idiot. I have to go apologize. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but what normally would have happened if either of us hadn't been mindful, he would have stayed and gone, why are you yelling at me? You're the one who agreed to do this thing. You, I didn't, I didn't force you. You said you would do it. I was just asking really nicely. And now you're jumping down my throat. And then I would have yelled back at him. Right. Would have been beautiful. And then I would have gone on a trip and no phone sex, no nothing. We would have been mad at each other for a week until I got back. I mm-hmm. mean, right. It sucks. Yep. of your arguments and your disgruntledness and your issues are because you weren't being mindful in the moment. I'm telling you that right now. Take that to the bank. I'm telling you, you were somewhere out. They came at you. You were just doing your thing. And your partner was like, hey, did you blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God, because you were doing you were somewhere else. And in that moment, you couldn't respond from a healthy, calm place. And you were just, you were feeling attacked, right? You're feel like we feel all these things when that's not what was happening. And that yeah. is so many of the arguments you have and so many of the ways is because you are defining, this happens too, you add a definition. He didn't text me back for a few hours. That means this. Mm-hmm. That means he doesn't respect me. He doesn't like me the way I like him. He, he oh, he left his plate out when he came over. Oh, I'm the maid now. He just thinks I'm going to, he doesn't respect me. If he really Mm -hmm. loved me, he would bum, bum, bum. Right. You see what happens? We start assigning all this meaning. And I will tell you, I've been working with men a long time. Don't do it. They're not trying to piss you off. Men. And it goes back to the confirmation bias. Exactly. They do not want to piss you off. They want (laughs) sex and blowjobs and all kinds of things that aren't going to happen if they made you mad. So they are not looking to make you mad ever. So (laughs) if you are mad, it is not on purpose, right? I mean, obviously, occasionally people dig and do stuff, but in general, when they're just sort of doing things, so you got to stop, got to stop attributing meaning, but that's what happens. That's that daydreaming. That's that not being in the moment. And so, and instead you could say, oh, there's a plate. Okay, I had a little reaction there. I don't need to have that reaction. It doesn't mean anything. And actually- I could either just take care of it because it takes two seconds, or since I don't want to do that all the time, maybe mm-hmm. I do want to say something in a very loving way. Like, hey, babe, yeah. can you can you just take your plate in, please? And, and then he'll probably boom, go, done. oh, yeah, sorry. Didn't realize I left yeah. it. And come in and take the plate. Yeah. Mindset wellness, CBD, do-da, do-da. Every time I think of mindset wellness, I don't know why. I just like want to say it in that tune. But yeah, you guys obviously know about Mindset Wellness CBD. And if you don't, well, let me tell you, I'm not even kidding. Like Mindset Wellness CBD has truly changed my life in a way. And it's beyond just like the when I take their gummies, like I love the, their gummies. My favorites have always been the focus gummies, the happy gummies and the rest gummies. But it's like, it just allows me to kind of take a step back. And, and speaking of like mindfulness and, and checking in with how you're feeling in this episode, like it really does allow me to, to 
say to myself, like, how do I want to feel right now? And what can I do to get there? And a lot of the times the answer is as simple as like, oh, like, let me choose my mindset. And you know what I want to be calm right now. You know what, it's going to help with that a mindset on a CBD calm gummy. So I really couldn't recommend them more highly. They also taste amazing. It's like a perfect snack. It's it's the best gummy you'll ever have. I can honestly say that like I guarantee it. So try them out mindsetwellness.com. And of course, hooked you up with the code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And it doesn't have to be this whole big thing. It also doesn't have to bubble up inside of you until the next plate is left out and then you explode. Right. right. Yeah. Which yeah. is not healthy. But do you see how that, I'm telling you, it's the distraction of the moment. We're just, we, we, something happens and we react. We just, because we, yeah. we, we have to, we have to react. And you really want to stop and make sure that you act, not react, that you think before you do something. And it will take care of so many of your hurt feelings. Or if your feelings are hurt, something happened, guess what? Saying that you're hurt versus being really pissed is going to have a different reaction. Your man is not, oh, they feel so bad if they've hurt your feelings. They're (laughs) dying, dying. But when you're mad, that they're like, oh, no, don't you dare be mad at me. And that creates a whole other thing. And I'm not saying can't be mad. Go be mad. I'm saying if that's your first reaction all the time, it's going to create something you don't want. And that's not, anger is a top emotion. There's a great line from uh, Celeste Ang had from uh, Little Fires Everywhere. It's a great nonfiction book, but Mm. uh, fiction book. Uh, She said, it's the best line ever. She says, anger is the bodyguard of fear. Damn. I know, right? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I know. It's one of my favorite. I always give her credit, of course. You know, like, wow. And it's true. It couldn't be more true. So if you're angry, you do want to ask yourself what you're really feeling. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling disregarded. I'm feeling dismissed. That's the thing to talk about. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's all right. We got act. Think. It was act, not react, right? Because yep. what, what is react? What is better not better? Of a word, right? Again, you're just right. doing it again. Yeah. You've done a million times. Yep. It's not thoughtful. Wow. All right. I'm on board with this. And you know what? I am challenging myself and everyone who's listening to practice being mindful for one week. Let's all do that. We'll set three alarms a day to do it. And let's see how it goes. We can talk about it on Instagram. We'll, we'll follow along with each other's practice journey. We got this. You guys. I love it. We got, I love it. I'm going to do it. I love it so much. I love it so much. And by the way, the other things you can do, you know, if you're if you if you're printing something, you know, I don't know, put the printer in another room. So you have to get up and go do it and then walk mindfully to the printer. Be thoughtful every yeah. time you go to the printer. Put something on your refrigerator. So I, I have stickies in my car that I put on my steering wheel and I change Ooh. them all the time. And they'll say breathe or something else. Change the wallpaper on your awesome. phone. There's a million things to do. Just yeah. do it. One week. Yeah. I love it. Such a good challenge. Love so it. it makes me We're so doing happy. it. Okay. All right. And what is the third piece? So the of third this thing, and this is, I have to tell you a big one and it's always shocking. I, I always say you have to have high standards and low expectations, but most people have high expectations and low standards most and then get pissed that people treat them poorly. Yes. It, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got to flip it. So, and when I say a high standard it, and when I, I will often ask someone, you know, uh, someone will come to see me individually and I'll say, Hey, what, so what are your standards for a relationship? What are the things, what are your, I call me your deal breaker. Like mm-hmm. it's one or two, maybe three things. That's it. Don't, you can't have 50 standards. It's not a standard that my partner, you know, picks up his underwear, dirty underwear, right. From the floor. That's something I like. 
but that's not mm-hmm. standard. A standard right. is that he, you know, treats me with respect or something like that, right? And so, first of all, just knowing what your standards are. Hello. Have you ever stopped to think? What are the things that are deal breakers for me? What is the thing that I have to have above all else? And it's really nice if it's kind of one. So that you, yeah. you're not always, you know, evaluating every single thing that happens, but in general, you're checking in and it's really the way that you know that you feel loved and cherished and thought of, you know, that, you, that you're in high regard. So I have this standard. Now it's my job when my standard isn't met to remind the person that my standard's not met. That is my job. <laughs> it's also my job to realize that no one can meet a standard 100% of the time. It's impossible. Right. <laughs> People are not robots. So there have been times when my partner has come home in a bad mood, right? Very rare, by the way. He's like a happy guy. But let's say he comes home <laughs> in a bad mood and maybe snaps at me. I don't know. That could happen, right? That, yeah. Um, and of course, it's like, why are you snapping at me? You know, I, was, uh, I wasn't at work with you, blah, blah, blah. First of all, since he does it so rarely like so rarely, I pretty much never say anything because the guy deserves a mulligan. You know what I mean? Like you deserve like to have a a one-off here, right? Mm -hmm. Having said that, so that's meaning my standards met the vast majority of the time and occasionally it's not and I'm cool with that. I can let that go because I feel it most of the time. Having said that, you got to make sure that you don't just let everything go. So here's what happens a lot. People think, well, I don't want to say anything in the moment because it's not a good time, right? He's in a bad mood. But then later we're getting along really well and he's really happy with me and I don't want to say anything. Yeah, you don't want to bring it back up. I don't want to bring it back up. Exactly. And that's a problem because then the next time, if he he always comes in in a bad mood and you're never saying anything, it's never going to change. So here's the deal. You have to connect to correct. I'm going to say that again. You got to connect connect to correct. Connect to correct, act, not react. Uh better not bitter yeah there you go okay (laughs) (laughs) i got a lot of little cute things right i love it so think about that when you're in a bad place with someone it is the worst time to try to work things out when you're in a good place with someone when you're connected when you guys are laughing later when you're light Mm -hmm. this is a great time and by the way not to say hey you came home in a bad mood before what's the problem that's that's not helpful, <laughs> but it's not going to get anyone anywhere. Right. I mean, come on. I always say, here's my other cute thing. You ready? Don't sack your relationships. SAC. Don't offer suggestions, give advice or criticize. Ooh, I know. All right. So what's left? People always say to me, well, Abby, what's left? I don't understand. <laughs> what else are you, say? you can ask questions. And don't ask, you know, interrogating questions. Don't ask why questions. But you might say, hey, how was your day at work? You might start there. And they might say, uh, it was fine, right? You're like, okay, that's not getting Mm -hmm. me anywhere. And so then you might say, um, well, is there anything I can get you right now? How are you feeling? And they might say, well, I'm feeling fine. Why? It's like, I'm, you know, just seemed like your mood was different before. Don't say you seem pissed before. you. Don't diagnose. Mm-hmm. Seemed like you were, you know, you felt different before, but maybe, maybe I don't know, was I might have been missing something. That's how it felt when you came in. I was just, you know, I was, I'm thinking about you and if I'm here, if you need anything, that's it. Don't burrow, mm-hmm. don't dig, don't anything. And yeah. this is a time when someone can, if nothing else, he is now aware, even if he doesn't want to admit he was in a bad mood before, which by the way, he's not going to admit no matter what you do, uh, if he doesn't want to, even he's going to be now conscious that that mm-hmm. showed up. 
right? And again, yeah. if this keeps happening, if, if I notice that every Friday he comes home in a bad mood, then maybe I want to find out what's happening on Fridays. So what do you guys do on Fridays at work? Right. <laughs> then you find out he always has, you know, some meeting he hates with some guy he hates, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can start to like go there. But it's really about, you know, asking questions. I call them collaborative questions. You know, uh, is there anything, if you know, if the mood is really bad and tense, you can say, is there any, is there one thing, here's my favorite. Is there one thing I could say right now that would help you feel differently? Is there one thing I could do right now? Yeah. Or if there was one thing I could do to help you feel a little happier in this moment, a little more connected, what would it be? Right. That's a really great way to get people to give you something. Any of these things are ways to open a conversation, to open something without suggesting things, without giving advice of what they should or shouldn't do. We all know we hate when we get it. And without criticizing, because you're kind of criticizing when you tell someone you were in a bad mood before, you were sort of mean Mm -hmm. to me before, you snapped at me. It's, I'm not saying that can't come up, but you don't want to open the gate with it. Yeah. I also think that like being really conscious and careful of how you phrase these things is really important because somebody might not feel comfortable asking those questions because if they've tried to do it before, but in a not caring, cautious way, it could have blown up in their face. And I think that's what sometimes prevents us from having these conversations and collaborative conversations and, and open dialogues because we're afraid of what's going to happen if we do that. Yeah. Then notice the fear again. I'm worried yeah. that I'm afraid that no relation, no love relationship was made better by fear ever yeah. in the history of love. Yeah. And so, Wait, okay. Speaking, hold on. I speaking of fear, I've been like yeah. on the edge of my seat because I need to ask you a question about something Please. I saw on your Instagram. There was a post on your Instagram about hating your ex and being afraid of them. And yeah. I just feel like we need to dive into that. Yes. And I need I need to hear more about it because I know that people listening need to hear more about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that came up in a conversation I was having with a client. Almost everything mm-hmm. does. And we say things like, I hate roller coasters. I think that was the examples I use, right? People say, oh, I hate roller coasters. And when you ask them why, it's because they're afraid of them. They're afraid of roller coasters. When people say, mm-hmm. I hate black people, they're afraid of black people. That's a fear. It's a fear. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's where all that comes from. Anything you say you hate, it's because you fear it. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, I hate my ex, you're saying you fear. You have fear about your ex. It might not be your ex that you're afraid of. It might be how you were with your ex, that you let yourself get taken advantage of, that you uh, allowed yourself to be in something longer than you should have, that you didn't listen to your intuition, that you don't trust yourself again because you've picked the same wrong guy three times in a row. Whatever it is, there is something you fear. And if you just sit in the hate, you will never, ever, ever get to that and you won't change it. And again, you'll end up Again, beginning your next relationship where you ended your last one. If you end your last one with hate, guess what? That's where you're going to be. I say a lot too, if this is from the the 12 steps, because I'm in sobriety. Uh, We say in the 12 steps that if it's hysterical, it's historical. And it's really damn true, right? When you're just so upset about something and so freaked out and and it's always in your head and you can't get rid of it, it's because it ask yourself, what does this remind me of? The fact that this man is treating me this way right now, what does it remind me of? And not in that relationship with him before, Mm -hmm. before. Maybe you felt really dismissed by your dad 
And, you know, like whatever you said didn't matter that, you know, he just was like, you got to go to school and get the, I'm making this up, but you know what I mean? Right, like, here's right, what you got to yeah. do. And you just felt like you had no voice or your opinion mm -hmm. didn't matter very much. And you then took that into this, you know, and it feels the same. Trust, trust yeah. your feelings. Your feelings are not there as your enemy. Your feelings are your friends. They're signals, including the quote unquote negative ones. I hate even thinking of them as negative, but you know, these yucky feelings, they're signaling something to you. What mm -hmm. do you want them to signal? Like, listen, listen, it's letting you know something's off. So listen to it. Love that. Yeah, that's so true. That really is. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's all I have to say is yes. That is, I guess. Yeah. Can you confirm. Don't, don't yeah. want to get caught up. The, and the hate also means that you are, that this person is getting so much of the real estate in your head. I mean, yeah. and it really means you just feel very strongly for them still. So that's mm -hmm. again, why it's so hard to move on. So how do we make peace with that? How do you find, uh, again, it doesn't, you know, it's really forgiveness in the end on some level for yourself, mostly, I think, frankly, mm -hmm. you know, we have to forgive ourselves for making choices that we later regret. We yeah. just, we just do. We just do. We're doing the best with the tools we have. We really yeah, are. And it goes, it goes back to what you were saying before about like finding that closure within. And even if it's not closure, it's just what, like, what did you learn from it? And mm -hmm. If, if you have that much hatred towards someone or that much fear towards someone or anger, it's like, all right, why did this thing happen? How can I, work, how can I not let this happen in the future? If this clearly yeah. what didn't work and yep. how can I steer myself in a better direction so that this doesn't happen again and I can use this as a learning experience. I know something that I, I've said this, I think once or twice on the podcast in episodes a while back, but um, after my ex and I broke up, I was like really struggling with closure because it, it just didn't make sense to me. And someone was like, well, have you figured out what you learned yet? I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you have to, you have to figure out what you learned from the relationship before. And otherwise, like, you're never going to move on. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, just think about it. You'll figure it out and you'll get what I mean now. And I did think about it and I was like, oh my God, you're right. And whether it was like a bad thing or a good thing, like for me, it was like, I learned actually what being treated well is like, even though at the end, I, I also learned things on the opposite end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. but I did learn what being treated well and cared for felt like, even though it was only mm -hmm. for like the beginning part of the relationship, it's still, that mm -hmm. was something still. I was able to take with me and that yep. helped me move on. Oh, I love that. And I actually yeah. love that you moved on because what happens for a lot of people is we live in the potential of a relationship instead of in the reality mm. of the relationship. Oh yeah. So we think, oh, but it could, or it's going to change later. And we have these ideas mm -hmm. like that these men are going to go off and then be in these very happy relationships. That's why you're stalking them. Uh, and you're seeing them now with this new person and they're treating them great and they're posting all the great pictures and all the stuff. And you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't have broken up with him because I could have had that. No, you could not. Mm -hmm. That guy, first of all, you don't know what you're seeing. You do not know. Right. You don't know what's going on. Second of yeah. all, the guy you had, that wasn't what was happening. And mm -hmm. so, yes, in the beginning, maybe it was a certain way. And then it changed, though. And so yeah. you have to trust the change. You have to trust what's yep. happening, not what used to happen, not what could happen in the future. <laughs> what is going yeah. on now? 
And we always hold on to that like one, that like one percent that was amazing. And then we're like, we forget yep. about all the the ninety-nine percent that was terrible, but we're like, but I know that they could have been amazing because they were for that one minute. Yep. It's like, no, 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 no. That's nope. not it. No yep. hard no. <laughs> yeah, hard no. Hard stop. Yeah. Hard stop. Hard yep. well, and to Walk remember away. that maybe you trigger them. True. Maybe some of that yucky behavior they were having, not because you were doing anything, but I just mean in their own mom, maybe your mom and mother mom. I don't know. Like, obviously, if I'm dating someone and he has a bossy Jewish mother, I'm going to seem very similar, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. probably going to trigger him, but it's who I am. So that's not my yeah. guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my yeah. guy. So because I'm going to be who I am. So but again, always thinking that this, you know, we pick out the good parts and then. And we get told things like, you're too picky. Are you sure you're not looking for, you know, perfection? I hear all the things. I hear all the things. Yeah. And that's a load of crap. Because again, what are your standards? What are your standards? And I will say this too, I know we have to end, but really focus on what you want, not what you don't want. So when you're in a relationship and things are happening, you got to, I always, you know, I joke like, you know, I, I didn't, you don't, I don't, you don't marry a guy because he mows the lawn well. That, and you so don't? you shouldn't be, you don't. So you shouldn't <laughs> be focusing on him mowing the lawn or not, or, you know, badgering mm. him. How come you haven't done it yet? How come you haven't done it yet? Hire somebody, like get yeah. over it, do it yourself, something else. But what you do want to talk about, do you feel, what are your standards? Right? Do I feel cherished? Mm. Do I feel really held in high regard? Do I feel like I'm first? Do I, you know, my man looks at me like I'm magic and that's what it should be after many years together. That's what it should mm -hmm. be. So that's what I demand. That's my standard. So that's there. So the fact that, you know, he doesn't always, <laughs> his, his hair from when he shaves is in the sink or his, you know what I mean? He doesn't cleanliness mm -hmm. to him is not what it is to me. You know, the fact that that's there, that's just not what I focus on. I focus mm -hmm. so much on making sure that I feel those other feelings. And then that happens more and more. And I want to, I want to end with this piece because it's really important. There's a something in your brain called your reticular activating system or your RAS for short. And it's a filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. And basically whatever you think consciously, it sends it as an order or instruction to your subconscious to look for it. So if you've ever bought a new car, and you saw the car everywhere, you know what I'm talking about? If you've ever yes. even thought of oh a new my car, God, yeah. and it's like, oh my God, that car is everywhere. That is your RAS at work. So if you think my partner, uh, is always, he's always nagging me. He's so critical. He's judgmental. You, that sends it as an, your RAS sends it as an order to look for your partner acting that way. And you will mm -hmm. see it everywhere. And what's the scariest part is that your RAS will filter out anything that doesn't match. So when your partner is appreciative, when he's loving, when he's kind, your RAS will, I know it's horrifying, will filter that out. So, and that's why you have those arguments that he said, she said, where you're like, you da da da. And he's like, just yesterday, I told you, thank you for the dinner. Or I appreciate right. so much what you said. No, you didn't. Or I didn't hear that. Or that was only one time or, you know, and that's that craziness. But if you focus, I'm telling you, try this for a week with something you like, something easier. If you focus on what's good, the thing you appreciate, the thing that's really coming at you, you will get more of that.
And that's that 50 versus 11 million again. Your partner feels the adoration and the love, right? He's feeling it mm -hmm. and he's giving it back because he's feeling it and everything's congruent. You can, again, have faith in love or have faith in fear. It's your choice. But I really hope you have faith in love because it's the way to go. I hope that too. And I love what you just explained. It's like the scientific version of the ick. Yep. When, like, yep, it's exactly what it is. Yep. Um, that's so funny. And I can yep. think of a million examples yep. of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, Abby, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Where can the Seeing Other People listeners find you and find some of your resources? Yeah. So my website is the place, abbymedcalf.com. I'm sure you'll uh, have it Absolutely. on your show notes page. And again, there's on on the shop page and it's free. It's not, I'm not sketch. So it's totally free. You don't have to put in a credit card or anything. I am not sketch. It really is free. There is a, a mindfulness starter kit. There's a lot of free resources there. There's a learned optimism workshop. You can learn how to be more optimistic in your relationships. Uh, that was greater outcomes. And there's all kinds of great stuff there. And so, and my podcast and follow me on social and all the things live there. So there you go. Amazing. I will link that. I will link everything on Instagram and the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. You're amazing. You're amazing. Wow. We can fangirl now and be obsessed I know we're again. Fangirling. It's so great. <laughs> All right. To everyone who tuned in, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend that you think might benefit from hearing it. Of course, if you loved what you heard, give us a five-star rating and a lovely review. We like compliments. Uh, feel free to leave a not lovely review, but I really hope you don't. Um, and with that, I will see you next time.